This is a Charles Russell Speechley's podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the second episode of the Property Professionals podcast. My name is Julie Sharp, and I'm a senior associate at law firm Charles Russell Speechless. I'm a real estate lawyer, and I deal with a whole spectrum of real estate transactions for both corporate and private clients, but I particularly specialise in acting on strategic land development transactions. Now, Charles Russell Speechley's Cheltenham office and Savile's Oxford office jointly host a property professionals networking event in Cheltenham, which is very well attended by property professionals. And we usually host this three or four times a year. But unfortunately, we cannot hold our event at the moment for obvious reasons. So we thought this short podcast would be a great way to stay in touch with you. As I've mentioned on the first podcast, the professionals who attend our events are mainly but not exclusively involved in development. And this year's events are sponsored by Close Brothers, who provide tailored development finance, commercial loans and bridging finance to house builders and developers. And in this podcast, we will discuss development finance. I'm very pleased today to be joined by Christina Appleby from the Valuation and Development Team at Savile's Oxford office. And Christina specialises in valuation work all across the property sector with an emphasis on residential and development land valuation. And also joined today by Mark Ryan from Close Brothers Property Finance, who specialises in development finance, helping his clients maximise the returns from their property development activities with tailored facilities to meet individual needs. We are slowly returning to some resemblance of normality. So Mark, finance obviously will play a key role in unlocking the situation. How have Close Brothers adapted to life since the lockdown and are you able to offer the same level of support for your clients irrespective of the current market conditions? Thanks Julie. Well firstly just a brief introduction. I'm a relationship manager at Close Brothers Property Finance. And for any listeners who aren't familiar with us, we're part of the Close Brothers Group, which is an independent UK merchant bank established over 140 years ago. Property lending is a significant part of the bank's activity. Uh, We've been lending in the sector for over 40 years, primarily to SME developers across the UK. And to give an idea of scale, the property loan book is currently in the region of 1.8 billion. So in terms of how we've adapted, we have around 100 staff in the property division who are all working from home. And I have to say that the transition has been quite remarkable. We've remained fully operational. The continuity has been seamless from our client's perspective. And we've ensured that funds have continued to flow as smoothly as ever, which has, of course, been crucial. On the new business front, we've approved numerous new loans during each week since the beginning of the lockdown uh, via our virtual credit committee meetings. And those loans have been for a mixture of both new and existing clients, which is really positive and demonstrates our ongoing commitment. So overall, we're operating well and we're very well placed to continue lending. That's really great to hear. Uh, I think people will be really interested to hear how your appetite to certain asset classes may have changed since the lockdown has started and now coming out of the lockdown. I don't know if you could give us a bit of overview whether you have seen any shift in in attitude to certain classes of lending. Sure. Well, slightly difficult to comment on what's happening in the in the wider market. A lot of it will be rumor based and hearsay in, in terms of appetite towards asset classes. 
for us, around 85% of our loan book supports residential development. So that's very much our core business and will remain the case. And the remainder is made up of non-speculative commercial developments as well as commercial investments. So I think there are certain sectors which have quite obviously been affected and will perhaps continue to suffer. And those that were perhaps even struggling a little bit pre-crisis, you know, such as retail. So that will certainly be tricky to support going forward. However, for us, there's been no indication that we're definitively ruling out any particular sector or asset class. Um, it's about considering each situation carefully, looking at the strength and track record of the borrower, and also, of course, assessing the overall risk profile. And have you seen a reduction in the loan to value ratios that, that you're prepared to lend against? Well, a higher degree of uncertainty naturally prompts a more cautious approach. You know, most funders will tend to tighten their parameters to some extent. And this is definitely something we're seeing across the market. We've also seen some of the more aggressive and perhaps inexperienced lenders pausing and in some cases withdrawing completely, uh, whether that be due to general nervousness, overexposure, or in some cases, liquidity constraints caused by slower repayments. But so far as close brothers are concerned, uh, you know, as always, we'll consider each case on its own merit and we'll tailor the loan terms appropriately. As for loans of value appetites with residential developments, for example, we can lend up to 60% against the gross development value. We're actually still comfortable lending at that level, but of course, in the right situation. Thank you. And, and Christina, what are the issues that came up and we were asked about quite frequently during lockdown was the use of market uncertainty clauses in valuations and the impact that have on lenders, uh, some refusing to lend against valuations uh, with that caveat included. And that all followed from RICS advice. And I understand that that has been now reviewed and specific asset classes don't require that caveat anymore. I wondered if you could just give us an overview of the use of market uncertainty clauses during the lockdown and what effect that they may have had. Yeah, of course. So as, as you mentioned, under the RICS, all rep valuations at the start of lockdown had to include the market uncertainty clause within the report. Over the last three months, there have been exclusions. There are exclusions made on Friday, which include central London offices and student housing, as well as prior to that, there was the industrial logistics and, and build to rent residential property, which was excluded on the 11th of June. In relation to the majority of our valuations, the market uncertainty clause is still applicable, but the uncertainty clause does not mean that the valuation can't be relied upon, but instead it highlights the issue that under the current pandemic, there's less certainty that can be attached to valuation due to the availability of the comparable evidence and sales which have transacted post lockdown. It therefore serves more as a caution for the lender rather than invalidating it. But the RSS does highlight that given the unknown impact that it may have on the real estate market, that lenders should keep the valuation under frequent review. Yeah, thank you. Mark, I don't know if you have any comments on the use of market uncertainty clauses and general uncertainties in respect of valuations. Our understanding is exactly as Christina described, you know, having the reliance on that report in terms of recourse, that's very, very important to us. Naturally, we appreciate that 
certain clauses will need to be input in certain situations. Thank you. And Christina, how have you found using comparables and finding comparables, which may be even pre-lockdown comparable evidence? And are you coming under increased pressure to justify the valuation tolerances in your reports? Yeah, so it has been more difficult to find comparable evidence, which is, is transacted post the lockdown. And there is probably greater reliance on the comparables that are after that date. However, a lot of lenders come to us and say, how can you use those comparables and what discount are you going to apply to reflect market uncertainty? And actually for us, it's very difficult to apply a particular discount, whether it's 5%, 10%, because there is no evidence for us to be at those levels. So what we tend to look at is the overall range that the comparables would support for a property. And we would probably be slightly more cautious in our approach if necessary, rather than putting our best foot forward, which we may have done in January or February before we went into lockdown. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see how that changes. I mean, there certainly are transactions going through. We've had a number go through. I think there's a significant amount of pent up demand and it, it isn't the same as previous financial recessions. Uh, well, I'm hoping not. <laughs> I think a lot of us are. <laughs> Mark, the, uh, the specialist finance market often capitalises during times of uncertainties such as these. Do you see any areas for opportunity arising? Well, absolutely. You know, in, in times of uncertainty, naturally, there will be opportunities for the more prudent and perhaps robust lenders like ourselves. And in fact, we've assisted several situations uh, during the crisis where other lenders have been unable to perform. But whilst we're seeing plenty of opportunities, there's no real desire for us to deviate from our core appetites. And we certainly wouldn't wish to take any unusual or unnecessary risks. And Mark, relationships with clients are absolutely crucial in times like these of uncertainty and crisis. Are there ways that you can relieve the pressure on developers? Are there ways that you have dealt with any extensions or mortgage holidays? And my second question related to that was, are there proactive steps you would recommend your clients, developers, house builders take? Sure. I mean, our business undoubtedly exists because of the strong relationships that we have with our clients. So we have a huge amount of reciprocal trust. And it's times like these that, you know, our clients rely on our support the most. Opening an early dialogue is always very important in difficult situations. This ensures expectations are aligned and, if appropriate, a sensible strategy can be put in place. We actually took a proactive approach in this regard. We discussed the situation with each of our clients at the outset and provided them with that reassurance. So, for example, in cases where loan extensions have been required, we've taken a very fair and supportive approach. You know, we fully appreciate it's an extremely unnerving time for many of our clients and we work with them to achieve the best outcome, which in honesty is quite typical for us in any event. Thank you. And this is a question for both of you, really. What are the signs of the market opening up again? Obviously, we're all emerging from our lockdowns now. Many of us, like myself, are back in the office and have been for a couple of weeks and deals are being done. Money is being invested. Have you seen these early signs of recovery? And also, are there any new ways of working, doing deals that you think are here to stay? 
So definitely, I think in terms of evaluation perspective, we have seen it pick up. And as you mentioned, I think there's a lot of pent up demand in the market at the moment. And I think there's going to definitely be a shift in what buyers now want in terms of whether they'd like more outside space, whether they actually need to be based in London, as I think the work-life balance is, is definitely going to make a change. And from actually speaking with our local agents, they've had one of their busiest dreams ever recorded. I think that's because more are looking towards the flexible working and they're going to consider the commuter areas, including Oxfordshire, Gloucestershire, Buckinghamshire, and where they can purchase a house with more outside space, less enclosed. And I do think that's going to have a big impact on our regional market. I think that's also a difference from the global financial crisis of 2008 onwards. We, I think then there was a move back towards the London market and people retrenched to London. But certainly there is a feel that this is that's not going to be the same in this crisis, that there is a change in geographical focus. Mark, what are you I, seeing in the market in terms of recovery? Well, I would agree with completely with what Christina has said. Uh, an encouraging sign for us has been the high level of buyer attentions for sales agreed pre-lockdown. So quite a high number of sales that were agreed have remained in place. And we're now seeing many of those complete as well as new sales being agreed. And in most cases, either at or very close to asking prices, which is very good news. We're also seeing a healthy number of new lending inquiries, which I think reflects that sentiment that the current situation is widely viewed as relatively short term. But of course, we mustn't be complacent with that. This is all positive, but clearly we need to be mindful that we're not quite out of the woods just yet with this. Certainly. And Christina, do you, well, again, another question for both of you. What do you think is the legacy that will be left by this crisis on valuation and lending? I think there, in terms of a valuation perspective, we are now back out inspecting internally unless occupants are a high risk or feel uncomfortable. And we're taking all the precautions necessary. But I do think that some lenders will now look at whether a full valuation is required, whether a desktop can be undertaken and whether they rely on that, albeit that I feel will be towards the lower end of the market. And Mark, what do you think will be the legacy on the, the lending business? Well, I think the, the repercussions of major economic events tend to be a reminder to us all of what can go wrong. And whilst we would hope not to see a repeat of this type of event in the near future, I think there'll be a lot of lessons we can learn, which I'm sure will lead to an overall greater lending discipline, which, of course, will be a positive thing in the long term, both for lenders and for borrowers. And I think that's it for this, which is our second Property Professionals podcast. Please do get in contact with us if you have any questions or you generally would like to get in touch. Uh, there should be contact details on the email or do contact us through LinkedIn or other social media and stay tuned for our next edition. This is a Charles Russell Speechley's podcast.